0: Welcome to Signal from the Noise by Podcast Notes, the best ideas from the world's best podcasts in minutes. Please enjoy the notes from the Stanley Druckenmiller, the number one investor in the world, how leaders lead with David Novak episode of how leaders lead with David Novak. Claim. Intro. Stanley Druckenmiller is an American investor, hedge fund manager, and philanthropist. He is considered one of the greatest investors in the history of Wall Street, posting an average annual return of 31% over his 30 years managing investor money. In this conversation, Stanley Druckenmiller and David Novak discuss the highs and lows of Stanley's unparalleled investing career, lessons learned, working with George Soros, competition, investing principles, the current macroeconomic conditions, why a crisis before 2030 is increasing in likelihood, and much more. Check out these podcast notes from Lynn Alden on the history of central banking host, David Novak, at David Novakogo. On passion, your worth ethic will be fantastic if you love what you do. You will be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. Investing. Investing is constantly looking at the world as a collection of puzzles and trying to figure out those puzzles. There is no hiding in the investment business, you get your grades every day in the morning paper. Quote, when I had clients, there was nothing better than making people money. Stanley Druckenmiller Childhood Stanley was shy and withdrawn for some part of his childhood, perhaps because his parents were divorced and they split up him and his siblings. As an 11-year-old traveling on the train to visit his mother, Stanley played poker with the servicemen on the train. He regularly won and became interested in gambling with an edge. Quote, I never thought about investing on my way up in my childhood gambling. Yes, investing. No. Stanley Druckenmiller. In college, Stan was an English major planning on being an English professor. He began studying economics so he could read the paper more intelligently and eventually got a job in the investing industry by default. Stan's hot dog business while in college. Stan's business partner for the hot dog enterprise was Larry Lindsay, who ended up being the director of the National Economic Council under President George W. Bush. They sold hot dogs to iron workers getting off the job. Stan made sauerkraut for the stand, and now cannot stand the smell of it and never eats it. Why Stan Dropped Out of His PhD Program He loved undergraduate economics, but did not like the graduate programs trying to jam the world into a mathematical equation. He didn't think the world fit into a mathematical equation and has arguably been proven right on that considering the predictive track record of the 800 Ph.D.S. working at the Federal Reserve. The people in his Ph.D. program at Michigan actually believe their models. Early Career Reflections As a young employee at PNC Bank, Stan was told that his brain operated fine, but that he could not sell snowmobiles in Alaska if it was the only form of transportation. This steered him out of sales and into more analytical fields within finance. Stan became the head of equities research at his firm at the age of 25. He attributes this promotion to his supervisor's inclination to do radical things. Everyone else on their 10-person research team had scars from the 1970s bear market, but Stan was too young and dumb to have any scars from that time period. Quote, I don't think a normal person would have promoted me. It wasn't so much my talent as it was luck. Stanley Druckenmiller On Managing People That Are Older Than You In 1979, Iran held United States diplomats and citizens hostage in the U.S. Embassy in Tehran. In response to the hostage situation and as head of equity research, Zan decided to put 70% of the fund into oil stocks, and 30% of it into defense stocks. His team thought that level of concentration was ridiculous. In the two years following the hostage situation, Stan's portfolio was up 100% while the S&P 500 was flat. This level of performance helped Stan gain confidence in himself and from the people around him. Going independent at the age of 28 Stan left PNC Bank at the age of 28 and started his own firm Duquesne Capital. He was giving a presentation on gold at a conference in NYC, and a person in the audience offered to pay Stan $10,000 a month to consult. This was about 3x his salary at PNC. Stan took the offer and began to grow his client list when he wasn't consulting. The man who offered him the $10,000 ended up going bankrupt and jail three years later, but Stan had the confidence and client list to keep going. Going independent at 28 was well within Stan's risk-to-reward ratio. He was 28 and single. The worst that could happen is his business fails and he goes back to being an analyst at a bank. Quote, always been a risk taker. And if you don't shoot for the sky, then you're never going to get to the sky. Stanley Druckenmiller. Success at Duquesne Capital. Paul Volcker took over as Fed chairman when Stan started Duquesne Capital in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Stan observed that Volcker was willing to do whatever it took to break inflation, which was around 13% at the time. Stan was right Volcker subsequently raised interest rates to 20% to combat inflation. When Volcker took over, Stan put 50% of the Duquesne Capital Fund into 30-year bonds and put the other 50% into cash. Stan's portfolio performed quite well relative to other portfolios on the street that owned a ton of equities. Success at Dreyfus in 1985, Stan became a consultant to Dreyfus and split time between Pittsburgh and New York. He maintained full control over Duquesne Capital. Quote, I cared about my performance, but what I really cared about was how fast I was learning and how fun the business was, Stanley Druckenmiller. Stan got more into currencies and commodities during his time with Dreyfus. Success with George Soros. In 1987, Stan read George Soros's book, which apparently no one else understood at the time. This was August 1987, about six months before Black Monday, the infamous stock market crash of 1987. There was a chapter in the book about currencies that Stan found absolutely fascinating. Stan called Soros after reading the book, they had lunch, and then Soros offered him a job. Sidebar, Stan later found out that Soros offered everyone a job, and then fires them shortly after they take the job. He and Soros had a daily dialogue for the six months leading up to Black Monday. Stan had accurately predicted the 1987 crash while Soros was on the wrong side of it. Stan was running five funds at Dreyfus at the time, one of which was the top-performing fund in the entire industry. Stan was significantly underpaid at Dreyfus relative to his performance. All of Druckenmiller's business mentors told him not to take the job from Soros, but his wife told him to take it, and he did. Again, the risk-to-reward ratio worked out for Stanley, the worst thing that could happen is Soros fires him in a year, and he still has Duquesne capital. It wasn't hard to get a job with Soros, but it was hard to keep a job with Soros. Stan Druckenmiller was George Soros's ninth plan successor, the eight before had failed to meet Soros's expectations. Stan stopped working with Soros in 2000 after 12 years together. Trading the collapse of the Berlin Wall Another one of Stanley's famous trades was buying the Deutsche Mark when the Berlin Wall came down. He knew that the Deutsche Mark would bid as the German Central Bank raised interest rates. Understanding the history of hyperinflation in 1929 Weimar Germany also gave him reason to believe the German Central Bank was serious about raising rates. Stanley Druckenmiller's leadership style. If you have a great performer, get out of the way and let them run. If your subordinate is having a difficult time, don't scream at them and be supportive. Investing is an emotional business. They make sense for an offensive coordinator to yell at his lineman, but it makes less sense to yell at an analyst who just emotionally choked on a trade. Do not hesitate to fire employees who are not performing. There wasn't a year when Stanley Druckenmiller didn't fire someone when running Duquesne Capital. The 2000.com Bubble The Cardinal sent in money management is to getting emotional. Stan was short a bunch of garbage names and took a big loss during the upswing of the 2000.com bubble. He got emotional and eventually went long the market, ultimately just a few hours before the top of the .com bubble. Stan was a complete emotional wreck after taking heavy losses on these trades and resigned from the fund with Soros. Following his resignation, he and his family went on a sabbatical to Africa. Lessons learned from Druckenmiller's sabbatical to Africa. He told his Duquesne clients that he was going on a sabbatical to Africa and wasn't sure if he was coming back. The sabbatical ended up being four months he knew that he would eventually come back to the industry because it was the only thing he was really good at and he did feel like he had a special gift. 200 out of two hundred one of Duquesne Capital's clients chose to stay with Stan, and they sat in cash in the meantime. The return. After the four-month break and not reading any financial news, Stan picked up the morning paper and saw the dollar, oil, and interest rates going up. Wall Street believed earnings growth was coming later in the year, but Druckenmiller saw something different and believed the S&P 500 would crash. He put on a trade and flipped his book from being down 18% to up 40% in the quarter. He says he would have missed the entire trade if it had not had been for the Africa sabbatical. Predicting the 2008 Great Financial Crisis Quote, that was pretty easy and I had a lot of conviction. Stanley Druckenmiller on making money during the 2008 GFC Quote, one of the big sins of the Fed is they tend to keep monetary policy too loose for political reasons when the punch bowl should be pulled away, Stanley Druckenmiller. An analyst from Lehman Brothers, of all places, came to Stan and showed him the math that revealed why the housing market would eventually pop by the third quarter of 2007. In 2005, Stan gave a speech and basically plagiarized what the analyst had shown him, which correctly predicted the 2008 Great Financial Crisis. Just because housing goes up for 50 years didn't mean that would continue, especially considering how much financial conditions had changed over those decades and the amount of leverage that had built up. Closing Duquesne Capital in 2010 After 30 years, Stan decided to close down Duquesne Capital in 2010. He became too interested in maintaining his 30-year record of consecutive gains and was hesitant to take sufficient risks in the market, among other reasons competition. Quote, I'm overly competitive. I know it. It's a sickness. It's a disease, but it's not one I can cure. I was born with it, and I just channel it and realize that I'm sick. Stanley Druckenmiller. Being overly competitive obviously has its advantages. Rule number one of being a successful money manager is being overly competitive. Fighting pessimism and bearishness. Stan is aware of his bearish bias and is constantly fighting it. There is more potential for asymmetric returns to the upside than to the downside. You must be aware of it if you have a bearish bias and Successful people Successful people have all failed. Stan mentioned Steve Jobs' commencement speech at Stanford when he talked about failure. Link to the speech with 41M views on YouTube is here. Admit that you have had failures, and then go back and analyze those failures so that you can learn from them. Failures will repeat themselves if you never reflect on them and pretend like they didn't happen. Lessons Learned from Stan's College Speaking Tour Back in 1994, Stan identified that there would likely be a demographic problem in the U.S. sometime between 2020 and 2030, as a result of the baby boom. It was a math problem, between 2020 and 2030, the baby boomers would be collecting all of this money from Social Security, but they wouldn't be working anymore. The subject of Stan's speeches was mostly on tax reform and wealth transfers. He expected to get killed on the left-leaning campuses, but all the students loved it. Not making reforms to Social Security will screw over future old people. Since Stan's speaking tour in the early 2010s, all of the fundamentals have gotten significantly worse. Interest rates at zero have allowed the proverbial can to be kicked further down the road, but they can only last for so long, as we are seeing now in late 2022. Stan is more concerned about a potential crisis happening between 2020 and 2030 now than he has ever been. Stan rang the bell on this potential crisis time and time again, but no one appeared to care, so he went back to his hole. Almost buying the Pittsburgh Steelers Stan moved to Pittsburgh after leaving the University of Michigan and has loved the city ever since. He appreciates the blue-collar work ethic of the people in Pittsburgh. When the 2008 GFC hit, Stan was worried about the city and thought his buying of the Pittsburgh Steelers might be good for the city. Druckenmiller could have bought it, but the Steelers owner was dead set against it and the deal never happened. Since 2008, Uber, Microsoft, and Google have all moved to Pittsburgh, and Carnegie Mellon is a mini-Stanford, so the Steel City is doing just fine. Druck's Nuggets. Do not invest in the present, Imagine how the world is going to be in 18 to 24 months and invest in that world. Put all your eggs in one basket and watch it very carefully. Plagiarizing Mark Twain here. None of the great investors, Buffett, and like in Soros, take 200 positions. They take concentrated positions in high conviction investments. If you have an idea, invest quickly and study it later. This nugget came from Soros, who used to say, invest, and then investigate examine leading and lagging industries. Stan prefers to analyze the performance of businesses instead of using arbitrary Keynesian metrics when trying to evaluate macroeconomic conditions. Be imaginative about what could go wrong. If everything is rosy, it's already in the stock price Stanley Druckenmiller. Predictions looking ahead. There has never been this large a gap between monetary policy and inflation, the current economic conditions are the most unprecedented cocktail Druckenmiller has ever been served. His positions as of late 2022 are very light not because he's scared, but because he cannot see the fat pitch coming. Druckenmiller is mostly worried about a 1968-1982 period repeating today, where markets go up and down a few times but end up flat. Too much quantitative easing The reason there tends to be a lot of time between financial crises is because the public gets so scarred from the previous one that they learn not to repeat the behaviors that caused it, until enough time passes and people forget. Fed Chair Bernanke threw so much firepower at the 2008 GFC to curb the pain, and oddly kept the quantitative easing going for far longer than it was needed. Quantitative easing, K, and Zero Interest Rate Policy, ZIRP, continued for 10 years after 2008. Instead of it taking 30 to 40 years for another crisis to play out after the 2008 GFC, 10 years of K and Zerp has shrunk the timeline for the next crises. The policy response to 2008 has been unrelenting. Quote, to have a really big problem, you need an asset bubble and these guys have created the biggest asset bubble I've ever studied. Stanley Druckenmiller. China Stan thinks that Xi doesn't understand what made China great over the last few decades, which was Deng Xiaoping moving the nation toward free market reforms. Druckenmiller is not as high on China as the current economic consensus. China is less of an economic threat than they are a geopolitical threat. The current narratives around China remind him of the 1960s narratives that said the Soviet Union would surpass the United States. Charity the American dream is not available for about 5% of the U.S. population. Druckenmiller founded the Harlem Children's Zone to provide more opportunities for children in need. Cancer Breakthroughs Quote, I think the discoveries in cancer cure over the next 10 to 15 years are going to blow your mind. Stanley Druckenmiller The continued appliance of the sciences to cancer research and longevity will enable human ingenuity to prevail. Druckenmiller sees neuroscience as about 10 years behind cancer research. Lightning round of questions. What are three words that others would use to describe Stanley Druckenmiller? Answer, abrupt, dry, and competitive. If you could be one person besides yourself for one day, who would it be and why? Answer, Jeff Bezos five years ago before the binge he's on now, because he invented what Stan sees as the greatest company in his lifetime. What is your biggest pet peeve? Answer the hopefully temporary post COVID work ethic and culture in the United States. What would you be if you weren't an investor? Answer a failure. What's something about you few people would know? Answer he's had extreme bouts of emotional anxiety during his investing career. What is one word you'd use to describe being a parent? Answer joy was one word you'd use to describe being a grandparent? Answer, more joy. Who is your best golf coach and why? Answer, Phil Ritson and Butch Harmon. What will the Pittsburgh Steelers record be in 2022? Answer, 9-7. What is your superpower boiled down to one word? Answer, drive. What is the most important decision you've ever made? Answer, his decision to marry his wife. Advice to parents raising children that are blessed with monetary abundance. Raising children is all about spending as much time with them as possible. Quantity of time over the quality of time. Quote, that's the number one lesson I've learned. Spend as much time as you can with your children. Stanley Druckenmiller. Ensure to spend one-on-one time with each child if you have more than one child. You're only with your kids for 17 years. That's only a fifth of your life. Pack as much as you can into those 17 years. Wake up every day and strive to become a better person. Stanley Druckenmiller for President in 2024 I have sleep apnea. I'd probably be about where Biden is in about 6 months. Stanley Druckenmiller That wraps up the notes for this episode. 5-star ratings are very much appreciated don't forget to go to podcastnotes.org and subscribe to our free newsletter. The top 10 ideas of the week. Every Monday.